Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope everybody out there had a outstanding weekend, sports and or otherwise, whatever floats your boat. We hope your uh, boat got floated. Not sure if that sounds right, but we hope you had a good weekend. Big Dog uh, and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass, David Olson, who will be uh, pontificating at times and, of course, playing. The always outstanding musical accompaniment here at thetalkzone.com. Enjoy for the next three and a half seconds. Ah. Music to my ears, David Olson. Music to my ears. That was even a little bit longer than three and a half seconds. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Busy, busy sports weekend. We got lots to talk about. We uh, run the gamut here just looking down the docket. My goodness, the types of topics we uh, get to. A lot of other sports talk shows. We'll concentrate on maybe just an NBA Finals or just baseball. We like to uh, widen it out a little bit. We like to spread it out a little bit. We like to taste a few more flavors. Not just the you know vanilla and chocolate and strawberry. We like to mix it up a little bit. Some of the fans out there might be curious. Last week we uh, went in-depth as uh, David's program previews, which I thoroughly enjoy, by the way, David, on our TalkZone.com website. You can check that out at www.TalkZone.com or go directly to the Two Guys in a Mic website at TwoGuysMike.com. But, um, yeah, we, we uh, went in-depth on the National Spelling Bee. You know, you won't get many sports talk shows to do that. We've, we've been breaking down the French Open, and we always try to keep it, you know, a little bit light, a little bit humorous. We don't try to take things too seriously. That's kind of the modus operandi of the coach and the big dog here on the two guys in a mic show. But, uh, yeah, not just baseball, not just basketball. We'll try to get in those things, but we'll span the globe a little bit, too. On the docket for today, uh, we got the NHL playoffs. Yeah, the Stanley Cup finals are going on. we got the French Open, NCAA baseball, the preview to the CONCACAF Cup. Excuse me. The CONCACAF Cup, try saying that a couple times quick, as the U.S. played Spain over the weekend. We got a little uh, ruling from the Big Ten Organizing Committee on where the conference championship will be. We got NCAA golf on the docket. We got uh, WNBA, the opening of the WNBA season, and a little PGA golf, the always exciting memorial tournament that was played this past weekend university of illinois uh, ex-alumni winning that particular event so we'll get into all those things we'll jump off the sports page as well and of course uh, we'll talk about our main topics too a little baseball action baseball by the way dominating the conversation here in the city of chicago the volcano hath erupted yet again mount carlos mart zambrano charging out at his teammates you know typically I'm kind of torn on Carlos Zambrano. I guess I'm not torn anymore. I'm kind of pro-Carlos. I'm kind of with him. There's a likability factor about the guy. He does things that typically I would say as a coach, as a fan, that I don't like, would disapprove of. But somehow the personality of Zambrano, for the most part, he makes it work. Now, I'm not talking about the punching out of, uh, who was it, Michael Barrett, the catcher, a couple of years ago. You know, that, that definitely, uh, flies under the category of not cool. 
But, you know, Zambrano, somehow it's just, it's not mean-spirited when it comes out of Zambrano. I think that's the gist of it. It just is not mean-spirited. He does it from the heart. He does it because he cares. I think he is a legitimate competitor. That's It's just not, some guys can do it and there's a nasty streak to it. And, and he did, you know, the ultimate cardinal sin, the unwritten, you know, it's, it's almost a written rule in sports, but it, it certainly is one of the ultimate unwritten rules. You never call out a teammate and in his tirade. And again, I don't think he did it on purpose. It was more out of frustration. It's not good, but he did single out uh, his good friend, the bullpen closer for the Chicago Cubs, Carlos Marmal. You never want to do that. Never want to do that. Hopefully, Carlos will be the first one to, or I'm sorry, yeah, Carlos Zambrano will be the first one to apologize to Carlos Marmau and tell him nothing personal, my friend. But, uh, you know, it was out of frustration. And I know a lot of people calling for the Cubs to, you know, trade Zambrano right away, suspend him immediately, you know, kick him out for the rest of the season, find a way to trade him, et cetera, et cetera. You know, mellow out a little bit. We'll see how Mike Quade, the, the manager of the team, we'll see how Jim Hendry, the general manager, maybe even Tom Ricketts, the owner of the team, gets involved. I think the best policy here is just, uh, you know, don't make a big deal. Don't make a big deal. When Zambrano comes in today, you talk to him away from the press. You talk to him a little bit and you, you, you stress, hey, Carlos, you need to go up to, um, you know, Marmau and apologize also. Okay. But, you know, I like Mike Quade's approach. Hey, series is done. Let's take all of our frustrations out on the Cincinnati Reds. And I think that's the right approach. Some will say, hey, you know, you're, you're letting, uh, the inmates run the asylum. You're letting things get out of control. You're not tightening the ship enough. There is that side of the argument. That, you know, you got to cut this behavior when it starts. If you let it go now, other guys are going to do the same thing. There's two sides of the story. I tend to think in this particular case, you let it go. You let it go. I think most of the teammates are on Carlos Zambrano's side and they realize what he's all about and, I don't know, you know, back to the anger management class, I guess. It worked pretty well. Whatever class he went to, what was it, last year towards the end of the year, right? He went to like six sessions or 12 sessions, mandatory anger management class, and he said he enjoyed it, learned from it. It was doing pretty good up until Carlos Marmal gave up a double to Ryan Thurio as our Chicago Cubs get swept by the arch-rival St. Louis Cardinals. Losing streak, I think, like at seven. They've lost ten of their last 11 Things are rough, but fans are forgetting, though, uh, you know, and I'll take the, uh, the, you know, the significant glass half full size here. Should throw out our phone number here as we start off with a little baseball talk. Chicago in particular with our beloved Chicago Cubs, 888-463-6748. If you want to check in, talk some sports and more with the coach waiting for a uh, check-in from the big dog. We have not heard from the dog yet. Hopefully he'll be joining us, but uh, phone lines open at 888-463-67. 48. Uh, you know, what we're forgetting is in St. Louis against a pretty good Cardinal ball club, the Cubs were, you know, right there on the cusp. Friday's game, not so good. But Saturday's game, there to win. Game went 12 innings. We battled the Cardinals. And of course, uh, as everybody knows now, Albert Pools hitting the game winning home run on a ball that was about ankle high. Guy bent his knees and swatted the ball out of the park. Thank you, Albert Pools, for coming out of your slump against our beloved Chicago Cubs. Just what we needed. Thank you very much. And then yesterday, he hits another game-winning homer off uh, Rodrigo Lopez, who I'm sure will go down on the uh, history of one of the many, many nondescript no-names that have pitched for the Chicago Cubs. We picked him up off the waiver wire, I believe. 
And if I were the Cubs right now, I would trade Rodrigo Lopez back to the waiver wire. I don't know if the waiver wire is able to make a deal or not, but we'd like to send him back to the waiver wire and possibly uh, pick up another player. Thank you very much for your contributions, Rodrigo. Uh, we do have some nice uh, tickets for you to Blues Fest this weekend and a meal at Ditka's. Get yourself a pork chop on the way out. But thanks for your contribution, Rodrigo. You'll go down and... History is, again, one of the other many, many nondescript Chicago Cub pitchers. But, yeah, he gave up the home run to Pools in the tenth of two consecutive days. In extra innings, Albert Pujols hits the ball out of the park to beat the Cub in both games. They're there to win, so the Cubs not exactly playing bad baseball. They're not falling flat on their face. They're hitting some tough breaks right now. And you can talk about the home runs by Pujols and the pitching woes and stuff. Bottom line is, if you watch the Cubs play baseball the past nine, ten days, Pitching is not the problem. Defense, not the problem. You gotta hit the ball. That's the bottom line. You gotta hit the ball. Your margin for error is way too little right now. Every error, every mistake by the pitching staff. I mean, it's warm weather out there right now. Hitters should be uh, warming up, juicing up a little bit. Way too many innings where we got zeros on the board. Way too many runners left on board. Come on, folks. Hit the ball. I think what was the game I was watching on Saturday's game? Saturday's game, um, took their starter out, what, like sixth or seventh inning? Brought the reliever in. I forget the kid's name. Was it Rodriguez? And he, he was outstanding. But between Rodriguez and the guy they brought in after him, and the game went 12 innings. So this is another five, six innings. Like 17 batters retired in a row. 17 hitters retired in a row by the previously nondescript. St. Louis Cardinal bullpen. I mean, that, that just can't get it done. So you gotta hit the ball, folks. You gotta hit the ball. Carlos Zambrano antics, uh, aside. Carlos Marmal, our closer, he blew a couple of games this week. Bad, <coughs> excuse me, bad week for Carlos Marmal. No question about it. We had a couple other relievers. Samarja and Rodrigo Lopez give up, uh, game winning homers to Albert Poole. Pitching woes. Aside, you still got to hit the baseball. And that's, that's been the big problem, I think, for the Chicago Cubs. And, um, you know, you got the young kids trying to find their way around. Castro and Barney hit the ball yesterday. I think they accounted for the one run. And my goodness, what has happened? What has happened to Tyler MacArthur Colvin? Wow. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I don't know if he was mighty last year, but he was pretty good. Tyler Colvin was pretty good, and a lot of people thought, you know, he should have been the first baseman this year, start the guy, why pick up Carlos Pena? Maybe, you know, we, we, we might still think that, but man, I mean, there are slumps, and then there are slumps. This guy, right now, hopefully, I'm not writing off his career. Don't mean to say that. You know, he could bounce out of it today. Hopefully he will. But I am telling you, I, I don't think I've ever seen a hitter go from uh, one level to another, take as much of a dip and a dive in a, in a, in a less than 365 day period as Tyler Colvin. Wow. I mean, he's just swinging it. He's just, he's dancing with the stars up there at the plate. Got no idea. Got no idea. He's striking out like two out of three times. And then the same problem, by the way, for Chicago White Sox, Adam Dunn. Those that thought with the warm weather coming up, they played him out at first base a couple of times because Paul Konerka was out. Yeah, you put Don out in the field, he'll get back in his comfort zone a little bit. He'll start hitting for the White Sox. I don't know what they paid him, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 million a year. Huge contract for Adam Dunn. And again, I'm not writing him off. He could start hitting today. Sox taking on Seattle and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll break out of it. But boy, thus far, you talk about slumps. I mean, you know, we thought maybe the beginning of the season, three, four weeks, first month. First five weeks. Well, we're a couple of months into it now. 
over a couple of months into one-third of the way through the season and still at an amazingly alarming rate, a once-previous great hitter, Adam Dunn, swing and a miss. <coughs> swing and a miss, swing and a miss. Three strikeouts yesterday, I think two the day before. Wow. A couple of major slumps, Adam Dunn and Tyler Colvin. I'm rooting for these guys to come out of it. Obviously, both of our uh, Chicago teams need that. The White Sox, by the way, they lost two out of three to Detroit. Big series for them. Started off good. Started off looking pretty good for our beloved White Sox. Knocked off Detroit on Friday. Things looking pretty good. Saturday's game, a, a battle right down to the end. Miguel Cabrera. He hits the game-winning home run, I believe, in the uh, ninth inning. Sox not able to respond at the bottom of the night, so they lose that ball game, and yesterday they lose 7-3. to And, of course, Jake Peavy. Talk about a guy who can't stay healthy. The good news is the arm and the latissimus dorsi that ripped off the body last uh, last year at about this time. And that nasty, nasty injury, the big dog Joel Redwanski uh, giving us an up-close and personal on that particular injury, and that was one of the more painful descriptions I've ever heard. I think, I think the first time a baseball pitcher has ever had it the uh, latissimus dorsi, the muscle around the back, rip off the bone. Not torn, but literally ripped off the bone. Long rehab, but uh, the good news is the latissimus dorsi is doing real well. The bad news is for Jake Peavy, he pulled a groin. Pulled a pretty bad, a chance he's going to go on the 15-day disabled list. So um, Ozzie Gia will not have to worry about a six-man rotation. We'll be back down to a five-man rotation. But again, you're paying millions and millions of dollars to Jake Peavy. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, he's been he's been pretty good, pretty good when he can pitch. But uh, more often than not, he has been injured. Major problem for the Chicago Cubs. All right, we got other or Chicago White Sox, other baseball action to talk about as well. Uh, obituaries over the weekend. David Olson, we did lose uh, old time TV actor, cowboy star from Gunsmoke, right? James Arness passing away at the age of eighty. Five. We had Dr. Jack pass away on Friday. James Arness over the weekend. So uh, James Arness was on Friday as well. <coughs> it was. Is yes, there any sir. any connection between the passing away of Dr. Jack Kravokian? I don't know if these two are related or not, but and the passing away of uh, James Arness. We're still looking into that. All right. Thank you very much. You ever a Gunsmoke fan at all or not? You're probably too young. Too young. Yeah. Too young. I was back in the day. See the kids. The kids today. But I grew up watching the Cowboys. There were no Power Rangers and Pokemon, video games and stuff. As I get a little old-fashioned, man, good old and, and, and the sad, the, the sad thing is today's kids would love those old cowboy shows. They would love them. They just don't get to watch them. A because they're not on it. B because they got all the video games coming at them and all the other. You know, there's like 76 different channels right now. But you show the kids today a good Gunsmoke. A good, uh, you know, Lone Ranger, little Gene Autry action, little Roy Rogers. You can still find Gunsmoke. You can? Oh, yeah, on, on like MeTV or something okay. like that. Yeah, gun, Gunsmoke's right. still on. I'm guessing. Now, when I was a long-time cowboy guy running around the house with my holster and my two guns and my cowboy hat, you know, it's probably like age, I'm going to guess uh, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm going to guess right now, David Olson, the 7, 8, 9, 10-year-olds of today Probably 2%. And that might be an overly optimistic thought, are watching Gunsmoke on MeTV. So it, it, you're right, it may be on. But I think it's old fogies like me that are watching it. Sadly, it's not the kid. Good old cop, the Lone Ranger. Kids today would love this. should be mandatory viewing in school. 
That's making a comeback. The Lone Ranger? The Lone Ranger, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. B- Old big... ones, or are they coming up with a remake? Coming up with a remake. Wow. Um, Army Hammer is going to be the Lone Ranger. Did you see the social network? Yes. He was the Winkle, uh, Winklevoss tr- twins. He was who? He was the Winklevoss twins. Oh, okay. That that guy's going to be the Lone Ranger? He's the Lone Ranger. Wow. Oh, a, it's even better. A blonde lacrosse player playing the part of the Lone Ranger. All right, I already got problems. Who's oh, playing? Who's who's Tonto? Johnny Depp. <laughs> and not as a TV show, but as a movie. As a movie, yeah. That's not bad. Johnny Depp as Tonto. I like it. The remake of the uh, Lone Ranger. Very, very good. Maybe that'll get the kids back into the good old cowboy shows of days gone by. The Rifleman. With Chuck Connors. Kids today would love that stuff, but no, they, you know, there's just too many other options. I used to watch The Rifleman. I used to watch yeah. The Rifleman, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good old cowboy show. And again, the frustration is that the, the kids today would love it if they ever sat down and watched that stuff. Good old-fashioned cowboy shows. Now, uh, speaking of movies being made, I have been anxiously for about five years. We'll get back to sports talk in a second, folks. You want to get us back on track, we always encourage. We, we're very easily distracted on this show, so we encourage you the listener to get us back on track. We not only encourage it, we require it. Otherwise, we get further off track. Next thing you know, we'll be breaking down the National Spelling Bee like we did on Friday's show. So if you want to get us back on track at Talks of Sports, you are more than encouraged to do it. You're required to do it. It's your patriotic responsibility, 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. I got a little tickle of the <coughs> back of my throat today, David. I'm... Not sure where the cough button is, but I may have to find it. I apologize for the cough. But uh, another movie that had been long in the making that I've been anxiously awaiting for. I'm a huge Three Stooges fan, and I know it seems like for the last 10 years we've been hearing about the Three Stooges, but it is coming to fruition, is it not? It's filming right now. It's forming? It is filming, filming. right now. They're filming it right now. Wow. And it comes out next year. It's outstanding. Yeah, Who uh, yeah. is it the Cohen brothers doing it? It is the Cohen brothers nice. doing it, yeah. Nice. Now, is it going to be a like biographical history or more like a, a segment of the Three Stooges? It's going to be more like a segment of the okay. Three Stooges, I think. All right, cool. Cool. Do we know? Do we know the actors for this one? I think we've talked about it before. They yeah, changed. we have. We have. Yeah, they've changed. No, I know they had a hard time. Uh, Will Sasso is Curly. He was on Mad Will TV. Sasso. Yeah. Who's that? He was on Mad TV, and he's been a bunch of failed TV okay. shows. Any potential with him as a curly? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Okay. Uh, Sean Hayes is Larry. Sean Hayes? Sean Hayes. Who are these people? He was on Will and Grace. He was yeah. Jack on Will yeah. and Grace. Not going to help me, not a Will and Grace fan. Uh, and the guy that's playing Mo, I've never even heard of, and I can't pronounce his name. The guy who's playing who, Mo? Mo, yeah. Okay. Because originally they had like Sean Penn playing Larry and Jim Carrey and, I and Arturo, who the other one was. or it was a Spanish actor playing. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Benicio del Toro. Yeah, there you go. No, he was going to be who? Mo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who who was going to be the original? Oh, uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was going to be Curly. Yeah. Personality wise, yeah. I mean that you could, but physically, how do you? That would have been interesting. Would they have forced Jim Carrey to gain some weight? He probably would have. Probably would have, so. Oh, that would have, that would have been fun to watch. That would have been fun. Too bad. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick break. We'll get back to some other baseball scores. I'm going to see if I can get rid of this frog in my throat. Probably not, though. So, uh, enjoy the coughing while we do the sports talk as well. Big dog and a coach at your service right now. Just coach 
at your service. Phone lines are open, folks, at 888-463-6748. French Open, NCAA, PGA, golf, all kinds of stuff on the docket as we come back. TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone all right i've been back on the talkzone.com two guys and a mic segment number two of a three-parter here right now the coach flying solo you want to play the co-pilot you can do so give us a call 888-463-67 48. Just to recap the uh, baseball weekend that was, we talked about the Cubs and all of their many, many woes. The White Sox, not that much better. Sox back in action against Seattle today, and the uh, Cubs are at Cincinnati. And again, I like Mike Quade's approach. Hey, forget the St. Louis series, or don't forget it. But there's nothing we can do about it now. A couple of uh, incredibly frustrating losses we get swept. Let's take it out on Cincinnati. I like that approach. Let's take it out on Cincinnati. Now, the only problem with that is Cincinnati may be ready to take it out of the Cubs because they're not exactly a happy ball club. The Cincinnati Reds. I mean, you know, the Cubs may be going to the series completely frustrated. We're going to take it out on Cincinnati. I hate to tell the Cubs. But the Cincinnati team not exactly, uh, you know, dancing in the clouds right now, tiptoeing through the tulips, feeling very good either. They got hammered by the L.A. Dodgers uh, Saturday. I don't know if it was a slugfest. Back and forth, they lose that game. Yesterday they lose... Uh, Nine to six of the Reds have lost a two out of three. Matt Kemp doing a lot of damage, so it's going to be interesting. Two frustrated teams, two disappointing teams doing battle, the Cubs and the Reds. I'm getting a thumbs-up sign from David Olson either. That means it's time for my colonostomy checkup, which uh, actually it's still two months, David. Or it means that uh, the big dog Joe Redwanski's on the line with us. Of those two options, a colonostomy appointment or talking to the big dog, I definitely would prefer option number two. Let's talk to the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, Coach, you know, I slept in a little bit today. I get up at 945. I had a really long weekend. I'm kicking it, and I'm like, wow, I'm surprised that I haven't had like 9 million text messages already this morning. <laughs> so you know, I get my cup of coffee, and I go to call the show at, at 9.59. I can't find the phone. Can't find my phone anywhere in my house. I'm like, no wonder why I can't. Uh, you, so I start sending myself, so I grab my laptop and I start sending myself emails. <laughs> so for the last 20 minutes, I was walking around my house sending myself emails yeah. until I finally found my phone <laughs> in the laundry room <laughs> last night. I totally forgot that I, I just, uh, I decided to wash a pair of nasty shorts that when I was in the Chicago River this weekend uh-huh. and I put the phone down. We've all been there, big dog. We've all been there. That embarrassing slash frustrating uh, search. The hunt is on for the cell phone. You know what's in the house? You feel like a complete idiot. You're ringing yourself, but you're searching around. And um, well, I heard it faintly in the background. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I kept hearing it, but I don't have no. I was like, why would it be in the? Finally, I went into the 
And so, and then I remembered. I was like, oh no! So it's like twenty minutes of the show, me walking around my house looking for a phone. Not not good. Coach. Very very fresh. Well, you missed a scintillating nineteen minutes. I attempted to do the best I could without you, Big Dog. You can, of course, you and uh, you know many others. If you want to catch. The first 19 minutes of the show, dog, during some free time today, you can go to the twoguysmike.com website and check out all the archives. They're right there for you. <laughs> I will make sure. I will make sure to, to, to listen to what I missed later oh, on. Oh, goodness. Don't forget to check out Thursday's award-winning show where the two of us broke down the national spelling bee. We got a lot of uh, positive responses on that particular show, dog. All right, cool. Heck yeah. The, the, the national spelling bee should get a little bit more attention than what it's getting. Well, we did our part. And, and somebody upset, I can't believe they knocked out the, the 1 o'clock sports center for the National Spelling Bee. They do 12 sports centers a day. <laughs> yeah. Sorry that they only did 11. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, one particular sports center, you can't miss yeah. it. It's not like they're never going to have another one. Yeah, if you missed it at 1 o'clock, feel free to tune in at 2, 3, 4, or 5 for the same ad nauseum. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, well, Big Dog, i got to get back to one topic now. We've covered baseball a little bit, but my stance on the whole Cubs thing was a couple of things. One, you know, you talk about all the pitching problems and giving up the home runs and Carlos Marmol blowing games. The, the, the problem with the Cubs right now is we're not hitting. They need to hit the ball. That's the number one problem. And number two, Mike, my thoughts on Zambrano, and I might change right now. It's, I'm going to underplay it. I'm going to let it go. Under the behind closed doors, you tell Zambrano to apologize to Marmol. But you know what? I, I don't think he's mean-spirited. I don't think he's nasty. I think he's doing it out of frustration. He's got a big heart. He's a competitive kid. I'm all about Carlos Zambrano. Yeah, it wasn't that. I wasn't so upset about that particular one. I, I think uh, of what he said yesterday. I think what that is is if you're Carlos Zambrano and you've done so many stupid things before yep. that all of a sudden you do this and people might blow this out of proportion. Yep, is what's going on. And they're just searching for for stories right now on the Chicago Cubs because when a team is bad. Sometimes you have to find out other stories or uh, or create other stories about the team to keep people interested, mm-hmm. and and that and maybe that's what's going on right now in terms of what the press are looking at it. Coach, as a Cubs fan, I, when there's years when I know the Cubs are just battling to win 82 ball games, mm-hmm. you know, and every and they have kind of like a decent club and the one uh, that bothers me because you know I, I hate running out the Nephi Perez's of the world out there just to try to win 82 ball games. This is like the first Cubs season that they're not contending. To win something that I really see have a lot of interest in, which is kind of funny. Compared to everybody else, oh, this is the worst Cub team ever. No, actually, this is a Cub team that actually has a future. The worst Cub team I ever saw was the previous two years when they were in 09 and 010 when they were adding players like Milton Bradley and Alfonso Soriano and, and giving Carlos Zambrano $90 million. Mm-hmm. Those teams really PO'd me. So yeah. that's, all, that's all I'm saying about this one. I, I'm one of the few Cub fans this year that actually sees direction for this team, even though this might be mm-hmm. one of the Worst Cup teams by record in a long time. Yeah, when it's when it's all said and done, this team actually has direction, coach, and I'm pretty yeah, excited about I, it. I tend to agree with you, Big Dog. And there's a certain likability factor about the team. And you know, the Friday's game not so good, but Saturday and Sunday's game at St. Louis against a pretty good Cardinal team. Both games were right there for the winning. So it's not like they're completely collapsed. It's not like they're falling apart. They're uh, getting some incredibly tough luck, and obviously they're not an overly talented team. But uh, would you agree with me that, well, you know, Marmal's blowing games is hurting, and then, you know, the giving up the home runs, Lopez one day, Samarja the other day, the pitchers are kind of the focus. The problem with the Cubs right now is they're not hitting the ball enough. There's no margin for error with fielders or pitchers. You need to hit the ball. The weather is warm. Start pounding the ball a little bit. 
Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right. They're the hitting half a step up a, a, a little bit more. Uh, and Jeff DeMars has had a really strong season for the Cubs so far. Yep. Carlos Marmol's had a really strong career. And if you think about the first game that he blew, was somebody, uh, if you want to start pointing fingers, it was somebody else's fault completely. Yesterday, yeah, that that, that is a point. That, uh, <laughs> you know, they, I don't know, just those pitches he gave to Ryan Terry were not good, Coach. Mm-hmm. But... I am more concerned about the way this team is hitting right now. But then again, I really didn't expect them to hit well at all. I mean, are, do you really want Carlos Pena to be your RBI guy, a guy that's going to hit 220 if he's lucky this season? So I don't think they're hitting any worse than we really expected them to, Coach. Did you really expect this team to hit that? Well, I mean, Coach Case Bukadomi, it's not April anymore, so you know mm-hmm. he's, he's done for the that's, that's 230 with two home runs the rest of the season. Okay, Tyler Colvin, hopefully. Wow. I mean, hopefully this kid can get his head out of his you-know-what because I didn't expect him to be this bad. We, okay, I, really. we talked about that in the uh, first award, award-winning 19 minutes uh, of the show also, and I mentioned that rarely have I seen a guy over a th- period of 365 days, not that he was the greatest hitter in the league, but go from one level and dip to another level where he is looking completely lost at the play. He can snap out of it. I'm not saying that, but big dog. It, you talk about a hitter that is completely messed up right now. Tyler Colvin is, he is uh, swinging at stars out there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes when, like, you know, you'll hear a Hawk Harrell say, oh, he's in between right now. He's in between. Can't time the fastball, you know, or like, or he's, he's, he's guessing. He, he's, he's going outside and he's jamming himself and then he's going inside and they're throwing him out. So, you know, it's everything with Tyler Colvin. Yeah. I mean, when you're hitting 100 on the major league level, it's just not one thing you're having an issue with. You're having an issue with everything. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's not even like hitting line drives right at people, coach, where you're like, oh, all right, he's, he's no, going to come out of it soon. Swing and a miss, swing and a miss, swing and a yeah. miss. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, Adam Dunn is like, man, that guy can't even hit. We, we brought that up as, as well. And then the question, uh, again, in our first award winning 19 minutes, the question is how long? Ozzie seems like he's not putting pressure on the kid. He says, just go out there and play. Not a kid, but a veteran. But uh, this is like a two-month significant slump, big dog. And again, not hitting the ball and you know, and just making outs, but strikeouts. When you, when you start talking about one third of the season, coach, you're no longer talking about yep. like start or that's a, that's they're almost at sixty games right now. The White Sox, they're right around sixty games. That's mm-hmm. more than a third. So it's extremely concerning for all White Sox fans. I mean, they gave this guy $18 million a season, didn't they? They gave him like a four-year, $72 million deal, if I remember correctly. You, Those guys, they can't be good players, Coach. They're supposed to be guaranteed all-stars and people that are leading the league in mm-hmm. certain categories, whatever they signed them for. So if you sign Adam Dunn at $18 million, you expect him to lead Major League Baseball in home runs and on-base percentage because mm-hmm. that's what he's done for – his whole, yeah, that's what well, he's done. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. On base percentage, Adam Dunn? Absolutely, Coach. On base percentage? That is his thing. No. What are you talking oh, about? Coach, Adam coach, Dunn coach, is not coach. an on base percentage guy. He's a run producer. Stop, stop. Adam Dunn has never driven in runs in his career. Adam Dunn is the guy that has 40 home runs and 79 RBIs. The guy is he, a 400 on base percentage, 280, or 250 batting average, no. 190 strikeouts. 79 RBIs. That's what you expect out of Adam Dunn. I rarely question your baseball expertise. And, I, and, and but... don't even start here. Adam Dunn is <laughs> Adam Dunn is the is the walk machine. That's what he does. He doesn't get hit. He hits the ball out of the park or walks or strikes out. Those are the one of the three things he does. Strike out, walk, 
or hit a home run. Interesting. Hey, if you look at Adam Dunn's stats, if you look at his OPS, on-base percentage plus mm-hmm. plugging, it's one of the highest in baseball every yeah, single season. Right, he doesn't like drive to, in runs, Coach. He doesn't drive them in. I would He's like a, to question your authority, but you're a man that looked up for 20 minutes today for his cell phone, finally found it in the dirty laundry. You're a man down in the dumps right now a little bit, so I'm not going to... Not going to push you down any further. I'll take your word for it. That that is surprising to me. I would have thought uh, run production and RBIs would be a thumbs up, and an Adam Dunn on base percentage. Um, you know, he's a if big you, swinger. If you look at his statistics, I will guarantee he's had okay. more seasons where he had an on base percentage above three eighty mm-hmm. than he had a season where he drove in a hundred runs. Okay. So that that's what I'm getting. That's what you expect out of Adam Dunn. You know, a guy that's going to be on base a lot and hit the ball to the ballpark. You know, so but he hasn't done either. I mean, actually, his on-base percentage is around 330 right now. Believe it or not, even though he's hitting 170, mm-hmm. he has more walks than hits right now. Okay, so he's which a slugger is, with a good eye, which is somewhat of a rarity. Who are some sluggers with good eyes? Albert Pujols, decent. Frank Thomas was a well-renowned slugger with a good eye. There's Jim not Tomei. many of them. Jim Tomey was one of those guys. Yeah, Jim Tomey, Tomei pretty good. Has almost as many walks <laughs> as he does hits throughout his whole entire career. He's, mm-hmm. You know, he's there's some guys like it's like the new mold nowadays, coach. Like the guy that is going to strike out 180 times, like a guy that's basically a pitcher and four at bats knows he's going to have to throw that guy at least 18 pitches mm-hmm. <laughs> to get the guy out of the four. Right. Speaking of Adam Dunn and the White Sox, big dog joining the coach here, the two guys at a mic show. You want to make it a threesome? You are more than welcome. Dial it up at triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. No charge for the call, big dog. No charge to become part of this threesome. Triple eight four six three sixty seven. 48 White Sox lose two out of three. Big dog, and the bad news is Jake Peavy. Uh, well, we mentioned the good news is his latissimus dorsi, which I remember you describing in rather graphic description last year. Latissimus dorsi is doing just fine now, but apparently we have a groin injury. And yeah. uh, please do not describe the groin injury as graphically as you did the latissimus dorsi. I, I definitely won't. I, Thank I, you. It's not, it's not the Nomar Garcia para. Uh, groin injury when his groin was ripped from the bone. Oof. Okay, wow. it's, it's 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 not that one, coach. Okay, it's it's a it's a slight pull. Just he dinged up okay. a little bit. Yeah, yeah he's All dinged right. up in the groin area, so All he'll right. be okay. But yeah, but for a pitcher where you stride a lot of power, a lot of pressure comes on the groin. He's going to miss a couple of starts, right? Yeah, and John Danks was the first one to be like, okay, thank you, because. Uh, they were going with the six-man rotation, and if any of the six people were going to be out of the rotation for a while, mm-hmm. I think it was going to be Danks. I think they were going to pull the trigger. If they were going to go to five, you can't take Umber out, okay, and you can't take Floyd out because they actually been producing, and PV had pitched pretty well. And I figure at this point, Mark Burley, he's got the what, what he's got the pass, you know, the old man pass. Yep. So yeah, it would have been Danks. So Danks really needs to get his act together. When you're mm-hmm. talking about. Players in this city, you know, Coach, it was tough luck early. Remember when we were like, wow, he's 0-3, and he's pitched as well as some 3-0 and pitchers has. Remember when we were talking that way? About oh, yeah, Dante? pitched very well. Yeah, it's not like that anymore, Coach. Yep. Last couple games. You know, if you look at the body of work for the season, still, you know, pretty decent. If he's your worst starting pitcher, you're in pretty good shape. His record, obviously, he's- miserable at 0-8. He is the best 0-8 pitcher in the game. <laughs> I'm sure he's thrilled with that description, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully after tonight's game, White Sox hosting the Seattle Mariner, the red hot contending Seattle Mariner. How about that, says Mel Allen. Uh, hopefully after tonight he'll be 1-8 because it will be your guy, John Danks, on the mound tonight, big dog. Uh, let's wish him the best of luck. That's a, that's a guy who could use a little lady luck right now. Yeah, he definitely he needs some. The, the Mariners, Coach, they are the epitome of a team that is 
all pitch, all field, no hit. I mean, they're beating people three to two consistently, beating mm-hmm. people three to two. Coach, yep. they're above five hundred, and it's they're, they're a pretty cool team to watch because they've got the best fielding center fielder in the game in Franklin Gutierrez. So yeah. if you're a if you're a White Sox fan, you know you don't want to see the other team do well, but definitely that guy. He he is so quick. You basically could could play like five infielders. You could put an extra outfitter, put him in the infield, right? Maybe right up the middle, play him like an old short center fielder, and just let Franklin Gutierrez cover both outfield spots. He could do it. Were you, were you like in my house yesterday? I was like, what the Cubs <laughs> need to do is is sign McCutcheon and Franklin Gutierrez in the off season, and yeah. just put, and then get rid, and then just play two outfielders as well, yeah. and put three guys on the infield. <laughs> That's exactly what I said last hey. night, coach. And, and I was half, I was kidding about it, but uh-huh. you know, if there's, if you're going to do that, that is, Andrew McCutcheon and Franklin Gutierrez probably would cover more ground than the the old outfield of the of the Cubs when it was Glenn Allen Hill, Sammy Sosa, and Brent Brown. <laughs> A Glenn Allen Hill out in left field. Yeah, yeah, Brent Brown in center. Not he, not exactly Willie Mays. Yeah. Okay, they, they weren't calling him to say, "Hey, kid." So, uh, hey, hundred hundred and two years after this year, it'll be a hundred and three years without a pennant. We might as well try something drastic. I like that idea for next year. I, mean, I would just want Gutierrez and McCutcheon on the team. That would actually mm-hmm. be really cool. I mean, that's, that's yeah. right there an upgrade. Darwin you know. Barney at second. Uh, you got Sarlin Castro at shortstop. Maybe a DJ Lemayhu at short center, right up the middle. Oh, that's it's not bad. Not Get the ground ball pitchers. Uh huh. You know, it's uh, you know you. you who knows, Coach? But why not? I mean, 100, yeah. 103, 104, 108, 120 years, at some point maybe you need to do something a little different to take it up. <laughs> All right. Speaking of something different, big dog and a coach at your service. That's what we try to do here on the Two Guys and a Mike Show, something a little bit different. Got lots of stories to get to, dog. Let's finish up the baseball discussion real quick, a little uh Look around the league over the weekend that was. Texas knocked off Cleveland two to nothing. That's a four game sweep for your Texas Rangers. The Cleveland Indians are coming back to earth. A lot of people thought they would. CJ Wilson uh, gets the win yesterday, seven and two third, but a four game sweep for Texas. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it was a real impressive uh, sweep because you were talking about how the, the Mariners are doing it with pitching. Well, the Rangers did it this weekend with pitching, too. And we all know they got Hamilton and Cruz and Young and Kinsler, and they just hit the ball over the park. Uh, but C.J. Wilson pitched a great game this weekend. Derek Holland pitched the greatest game of his career. If you don't know Derek Holland, is he, he's their fifth starter. And he, he threw a, a four-hit shutout on, on Saturday or Friday. But, uh, you know, this is their fifth starter coach throwing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shutouts. It's, that team is loaded right now. That American League West, Oof. you know the A's are about to get hot, Coach. And, and the Angels are the Angels. And the Angels have been you know, a little yeah. bit up and down this year. but yeah. They're going to hang. Yeah, there's four pretty good teams out there mm-hmm. in the American League, what used yeah. to be known as the American League Worst. Now it's starting to look pretty good. This yeah, season. it's not the greatest division, but what it is, this is the most competitive. All four teams pretty bunched up. We'll see if Texas can separate from the bunch if they can't. Those four teams are going to go right down to the wire at the uh, end of the year. Uh, Boston trying to gain a little separation. American League East, my friend, they knock off Oakland 6-3, to three, a little sweep for Boston. They're just hitting the heck out of the ball. Different heroes each and every day. Carlos Crawford, or, uh, Carl Crawford, rather. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez, another big home run. David, big Papi Ortiz starting to hit the ball. He got three hits. But the Red Sox, they be rolling a little sweep action over uh, Oakland, my friend. Uh, uh, absolutely, coach. And, you know, we, I wasn't sure I was getting to the point of this season. So if, is there a dominant team in baseball? 
or is it one of those years where it's like the American League West this year where a bunch of really good teams are going to, it's going to be real exciting. Boston still has a chance to separate. We'll see if they do. I, I still yep. think they're going to do it, Coach, but they haven't proven that they can yet. Yeah, there were two potential dominant teams at the start of the year, Boston and Philadelphia, and you're right. Neither have proven to be dominant yet, but that doesn't mean that when we talk in a couple of months uh, in the end of August that, that those two teams, they have the ability to just pull away from the pack and truly become dominant teams. Think, think about how the season has progressed. So far this year, Tampa Bay looked like, are they going to lose 110 games to, wow, they're third first place. They can contend for the American League Championship. And now you're like, oh, okay, now they're definitely not going to contend, but maybe they can be a 500 team. Yeah, they're still only, what, three, four games back. So they could, you know, assuming Boston and New York don't get ridiculously hot, Tampa Bay could hang in, as could uh, – their fellow compatriots, the Toronto Blue Jays, knocked off Baltimore 7-4. to four. How about Adam Lynn yesterday? Two homers, four for four. What a big day for Adam Lynn and JoJo Reyes. Remember him? Oh, heck yeah. 28 consecutive starts. 28 consecutive starts without a win. I think set an, a Major League Baseball record. Or tied, Matt Keogh's, tied Matt Keogh's record. Tied who's? Matt Keogh the, of the A's. Remember him in the late 70s, early 80s? Is Matt Keogh his last name, or is that first and last no, name? No, Matt Keogh. I do not remember him. K-E-O-G-H. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Okay. Well, with JoJo Reyes, uh, 28 without a win. He comes up with a win yesterday. That's his second consecutive win. So two starts, two wins for a guy that had been frustrated for almost two years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he was a, he was one of those tough luck pitchers, you know. And eventually, I was like, maybe he's not tough luck. Maybe he's just bad. Can't get can't throw the right pitch at the right time. But yeah, all of a sudden, you know, Toronto has a really good lineup. You're talking about Lind and Jose Batista, and as the happiest person in the world wasn't Adam Lind about that four for four game. It was Jose Batista because he knows if uh, he keeps on going four for four, he's uh, if Adam Lind starts hitting the ball, people are going to have to pitch to Jose Batista, and that could be really. Really ugly for people when they're facing the Blue Jays. What are they? They bat Jose Batista third and Lynn fourth. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. So you know, if, if Adam Lynn starts hitting, all of a sudden you have to pitch right now to the guy who is mm-hmm. the most fearsome hitter in the game as we speak. All right, National League of Significance. We kind of alluded to it as you joined the program, Big Dog. Again, after uh, finding your cell phone after a <laughs> extensive. 20-minute search. You had uh, roommates helping you. You had female compatriots, but I'm glad you were able to find it. No, but, I was all by myself on this one. Uh, stop so, it. You know, my, my girlfriend texted me 100 times a day, which is cool. I'm cool with that. But she knows I'm not on the show because she listens, Coach. She, she gets all of her – the whole nursing home is listening right now. <laughs> why, why can't she text message me? You know, uh-huh. hey, you know, maybe he needs to find his phone. Yeah. So. I'm just happy that we are uh, very big in nursing homes. Uh, see, senior citizens tend – for some weird reason, Big Dog, to find our show uh, entertaining. I have no idea why. Um, breastfeeding moms, yep. babies, people. We need to get, we need to, we're really good in from like one to three yep. and, and 80 to 100. We well, need to, no, it's you know. not that bad. I think, uh, David Olson, talkzone.com, they do a lot of research on the program. It's not like 73 and over. We're very, very popular. And it's not just one to three. I think like nine years and younger. The 9- and 10-year-olds, 4th and 5th graders, they enjoy our sense of humor. It's the age 10, between 10 and 73, Big Dog. That's where we tend to struggle. I mean, there's a lot of buying power with 8-year-olds now. (laughs) So I'm sure our... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure our sponsors are just salivating over yeah. over those bad announcements. Yeah, you talk about uh, the ultimate glass half full. Thank you very much for that. 
Well, we do the best we can, Big Daddy. So maybe by next year we'll, you know, move it up from 10-year-olds. We'll move up to like 12-year-olds and bring the 73 down to 71. We just need to find 35-year-old women, Coach. That's not a bad clientele. You mean, I mean just for- find them, period, or, or, or bring them on as listeners? Both. Both. <laughs> but that's, that's where the buying power is nowadays. Okay. okay. You know, of- before it used to be like, oh, you know, old white men. No, no, no. Uh-huh. Just, just find 35-year-old yeah. women. That's where all the money is in the world, Coach. I all get the it. feeling, Dave, the way he said that, Big Dog really didn't care anything about our radio ratings. I think he just wanted to find 35-year-old women. Yeah. Be nice if they listen to the two guys at a mic show, but you know, any 35 year old women who want to be found, the big dog is right there for the taking. You can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Uh, started the mid Super- 35 year old woman. She really likes you, coach. Who? Loves you. My, my 35 year old woman. Really? Well, she's a little older than 35, but we won't so get So your her. girlfriend is a big fan of my, cause my wife, it's interesting because my wife loves you on the radio and finds me rather tiresome. She hasn't told me I was tiresome, but she's nice. I haven't married her, though, so as, as soon as we do, I'm not saying that, no, just say if we did get married, yeah. okay. oh, I would be, I would yeah. grow tiresome immediately. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Talk to me after 19 years of marriage. And then, and then you we'll. Think and I will the, ever marry somebody for 19 years? Yeah, I do. Eventually, yes. I think so. Well, I, I'll have to live a long life. Yeah. I did, I did tell somebody at the age of 48 in 2020, I am going to have a child. Mm-hmm. Not me personally. I won't be the first man to carry a baby like you say is going to happen. <laughs> I didn't say you. Okay. But I did say that in the next 10 years in my lifetime, which hopefully will be a little bit more than 10 years. I, I certainly hope so. There will be uh, a male. Somehow, some way or another, a man will carry a child and will deliver a child. You heard it here first. It might be by C-section. Well, I'm assuming it's going to be a C-section because I guarantee you one thing is somebody told me that something the size of a watermelon was going to come out of my urethra. Yeah. <laughs> you thought kidney stones was bad, huh? Yeah. yeah. I, I like, Hold on a second. No, I will not be the first guy. I don't care how much notoriety and money this is going to get mm-hmm. me. No, no, I will not let that I, thing come out of my urethra. I did not expect it to. I expect a lot of things from you, Big Dog, when I brought up the fact that there will be a baby delivered via a male i didn't you know have you personally in mind but somehow i think modern medical history not next year but within the next 10 years uh there'll be a guy impregnated somehow and and will deliver a baby or will have a baby delivered i'm not sure where it's going to come out of i haven't figured out that part yet which country do you think it's going to be now you know something like that is the only america has a lot of weird stuff so you like america is definitely one of the countries that'll do might it. not even be in america by the way this might be <laughs> i didn't limit it to just this country but go ahead i totally agree with you but i'm just saying but okay america does a lot of weird scientific yes. stuff but if it isn't the united states in order most likely that this will happen will be holland and then india and then china interesting but the Holland first, Coach. Interesting. So do we're... everything in Holland. There'll be, like, guys lining up to do it, okay? <laughs> Give right. birth in wooden shoes. You know what I mean? All right. So in your, in your office pool, if you draw Holland out of a hat, uh, the big dog is saying that's probably your best pick. Yeah, and, yeah, okay. exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm – really, you will do very well. All right. Thank you very much. Once again, we get uh, sidetracked, but uh, before I interrupted myself, just to finish up the baseball thought quickly, by the way, because we got to get to some other stories. The Dodgers did knock off uh, Cincinnati 9-6, to and the, the Jose Batista of the National League right now is this kid, Matt Kemp, big dog. He's hitting the heck out of the ball. Oh, my goodness. 
uh, that guy right now is, you know, you're exactly right. He's a, he's a Jose Batista the, of the National League coach. He's hitting, he's hitting a home run a game and he's driving in three or four runs a game mm-hmm. over the last week. It's, it's one of the hottest streaks anybody's had this season, without a doubt anybody's had this season. And, so, and clutch hits. He's hitting when it counts. Yeah, yeah he's hitting walk-off homers. Talk about walk-off homers, two in a row by Albert Pujols. But yeah, the kid has uh, – Matt Kemp, it was funny because two years ago, nobody knew who he was, and, you know, he had a really good season, and everybody loved him. You know, and then last year in 2010, he's supposed to have this gigantic breakout season. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he played gold glove center field, but – he hit like 250 and hit like 25 home runs, and all of a sudden he's a bum. Oh, you know, that's not so bad. Gold Glove center field and, you know, driving in 85 runs in Dodger Stadium isn't that bad of a season. And so he was kind of forgotten about. And all of a sudden right now he's playing as well as any outfielder is in the National League right now overall. To put it mildly, he has re-found his stroke. Uh, quickly now, quickly, uh, and some of the stories outside the uh, baseball world over the weekend. Big Dog and the coach at your service, speaking of strokes, in the PGA Memorial Tournament, Big Dog, your guy from the University of Illinois, wins it by one stroke, faltering down the stretch. Bogey, par, par, bogey, but Steve Stricker pulls it out. I know you're a big Steve Stricker fan. Oh, heck yeah, anybody wearing the orange and blue, you got to love. And, yes, he he, helped, he hit enough shots, though, to, to hold him off. And that's yep. the thing about a golf tournament. You're going to go through some rough stretches. So if you're gonna, you better have a big lead if you're gonna have a, a rough stretch over mm-hmm. the last six holes like Steve Sugar did. Too bad golfers don't have like closers like starting pitchers do. Wouldn't that be cool if each golfer you could like bring you know a guy in and you're struggling maybe for the last two holes you bring a guy in to close for you? Well, well, just a every, thought. Uh, no, I don't know. Not a but good would, thought. It's just a thought. Well, what would it? See, I would think of it a little differently, like. Uh, you know, because, like, every round, every hole is like a game. You, mm-hmm. know, you play 72 games, whoever has the best score of the, you know, your cumulative games. So, like, right when you get on the green, you bring in your putter. All right, all right, guys, the guy comes in there and putts all the time. <laughs> it's not bad. Not bad. Could make the game of golf a little bit more interesting. All right, story number two on our titillating tidbits, news and notes off the baseball world. Big dog, the WNBA started its season over the weekend, I'm not sure if you watched. I'm not sure if you even knew, but the WNBA basketball right there for you. Our Chicago Sky, by the way, defeated in their opening game. Well, uh, Coach, I've been – I know this is kind of rough. I know there's legal situation going on, but I've been stalked by the mascot Sky guy. Yes. So I knew the season had started because he was no longer peering in my window. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, finally, he's not watching me. He so, is – a little spooky, no doubt about it, but I think I said on Friday's uh, show, it's out there on the archives for you, that Sky Guy may be the most underrated mascot in all of sports. I know you're freaked out by him, you're spooked by him, but there's something about Sky Guy. He reminds me a little bit too much of Boba Fett, Coach. <laughs> He's like Boba Fett in, in sky blue and yellow. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know <laughs> the more... The more I talk to you, the more he freaks me out a little bit. When I go to the games, I enjoy him, and then uh, you know I talk to you, and I come back to my senses. All right, NHL hockey very quickly. Vancouver uh, defeated Boston three to two, another overtime goal to win it, and they're up two uh, zero as they head to Boston. But both games have been tight. Well, what was the game two? They scored with what eighteen seconds into overtime, right? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, what a phenomenal game. Game two was. You know, Alec Burrow is not suspended off for biting the finger, and I really don't blame him. If you put your finger in somebody's mouth and they bite, I, that's your fault. Get your finger out of the person's mouth. Incidental contact play on. 
Really, the people are all in Boston are, are, are upset. And trust me, I don't like Alec Burroughs either. I'm a diehard Blackhawks fan. Obviously, I don't like Alec Burroughs. But, you know, if, if, if you put your fingers in somebody's mouth, don't complain when they bite your finger. Okay? That's, that's, it's cracking me up, this whole, they're complaining Alec Burroughs is still on the ice. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making a big deal. This is the Stanley Cup Finals. Get your butt out there and skate. Don't worry about what, who, who's on the other team. Mm-hmm. Now, Vancouver are two games from, from winning all. Both games? Do I have this right? Both games have gone OT? No, no. The first one didn't go OT because there was a winner with 18 seconds. To ah, go. there you I go. Remember, there was 18 points. Okay. So game one, you had a game-winning goal with 18 seconds left in regulation, which is unbelievable. And then in game two, it goes overtime with like 11 seconds into the overtime. They score a goal. So both games have been amazing finishes. Yeah, a phenomenal finish, Coach. So, uh, yeah, this is exactly what the NHL uh, needs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, you got Boston and Vancouver. Those are pretty two pretty big cities. And Don't count out the Bruins than... yet because they, they've come back more than once in the playoffs, so they're not done yet. And they got two games in Boston coming up. They got Tim Thomas uh, between the pipes, Coach. Yep. Nobody that has any hockey sense whatsoever has uh, handed the cup to the, the, to the Canucks yet. But mm-hmm. obviously, obviously, must win in game three for the for the Boston Bruins. No question about it. Let's move quickly to a beautiful Roland Burris Stadium. The French Open hath concluded our favorite tournament, Big Dog. We're all about the red clay of the French Open. Nobody covers the French Open like the two guys in a mic show. Uh, Lena! How about Lena from a small Asian country? You might have heard it before. China. The first Asian player. I was shocked to read this. The first Asian female player to ever win a major tournament. Kudos to Lena. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. I, I think it's the, she's the first Asian. Because, <coughs> like, Michael Chang was technically uh, American. Yep. He's a, she is the first Asian person to ever win a tennis major coach. Yeah, I was, I was uh, quite surprised to, to hear that. You're right, man or woman, the first Asian player. So you, you figure each one of these uh, tournaments has been around at least 100 years, including mm-hmm. the Australian Open. So that's four tournaments. That's 400 times. At least 400 times, because some of these have been around since the 1880s, men and women. So that's 800. Out of the 800 winners, she's the first Asian. That's amazing, Coach. It's I, I, I was dumbfounded when I heard that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, she's getting her uh, due kudos. I'm sure she's the uh, hero of the nation right now. Probably a lot of... when they handed her the trophy. They gave her the, they gave her the second place trophy when they handed her the trophy. <laughs> she kind of knew. Kind of just shrugged her shoulders and smiled. Oh man! And then like she looked at somebody and kind of like like nodded her head, like pointed at like with like. Did the little uh, head gesture, you know, like towards the trophy. They're like, oops, and they ran and they gave her the. <laughs> wow. Wow. You uh, finally win after all those years, your first major tournament, and they give you the second place trophy. I was not aware not aware of that one. By the way, Rafael Nadal uh, defeated Novak Djokovic over the week. Actually, Federer defeated uh, Djokovic and knocked off his 41 game streak, and then Nadal defeated Federer. So Rafael uh, wins his way. The guy just dominates the French Open. Big dog, it's ridiculous. I think he's, yeah. he's won, what, six? Of the last seven, which is is just unheard of. Yeah, that's it, it's it's truly remarkable, coach. How much mm-hmm. he has actually won there, the greatest clay player ever, Rafi Nadal. Yeah. Oof. Because you're I, talking I a couple to, of years ago, yeah. we were talking about the streak of Roger Federer, and you know Federer had an unbelievable streak too. So I, I don't know those two, Nadal and Federer. Let's put it this way: They go right up with the greatest ever. Maybe they are the two best ever. Honestly, coach, I do think we're seeing this is like the golden era of men's tennis in terms of 
we have the greatest player of all time, Roger Federer, and mm-hmm. then also the greatest clay player of all time mm-hmm. in Rafi Nadal. So, like, when they take on, when they're going at the French Open, those finals, I mean, I watched the coach. I, I, how often does that happen? But then again, you know, it's at 9 o'clock in the morning. What else are you going to do? <laughs> what a good way to wake up on a Sunday. Uh-huh. So just chilling out, watching the, watching those guys battle it out. And uh, what, I, I guess, you know, Nadal won in four sets, coach, but all the sets were close. Yeah. It, it was it was amazing how yeah. great of, that was a great tennis match. And the, the athleticism of those two guys is just, is just on, sometimes you don't think of tennis players as, you know, and and put athleticism in there, but both those guys are just incredible athletes as well as skilled tennis players. Oh, hey, Dahl, we got up. about thirty seconds left. We got a wax poetic on our University of Illinois team uh, in the college baseball tournament. They knocked off K State. Big upset over Cal State Fullerton. What happened against uh, Stanford in Game One? Uh, Coach, I do not know. I do not know. So we don't know if they're playing tonight or not. But either way, what a performance by Illinois in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we're going to, I'm going to find, I'm going to do that right now, coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a little busy. Right. By the way, give me a call or contact me, Jordanwanski at yahoo.com if you want to go on the, on the Chicago River. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Big Dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Make sure you got your cell phone handy. Yeah, it will be, coach. I'm embarrassed. All right. Not a problem, dog. Have a great day. We'll be doing it again 10 o'clock tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. David Olson, our producer. Thanks for putting up with us as well. See you tomorrow. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Have a great day, everybody.